Hi, I am Eli Aringay from On Faith and Fatherhood, and welcome to my podcast. Through this podcast, I will be sharing my insights on parenting, homeschooling, family, and faith. It is my belief that family is God's instrument to carry on His commands and decrees from one generation to the next. And as parents, it is our duty to raise obedient and God-fearing children. A few days ago, I was talking to a friend who asked me about something that I am pretty sure many Christians can relate. His question was, is it worth trying to persistently share my faith to someone who does not listen and is not interested about the topic of God and the topic of salvation? My friend told me that he was sharing his faith in my podcast, apparently to someone close to him, but the person is not interested on what he is sharing. So he asked me if there is still any sense in sharing his faith and a parenting perspective that are spiritual in context. Well, I told him that, of course, there is sense in doing it. To begin with, God did not expect us to cause the conversion of people. Conversion is still God's work. Our duty is to share and speak the truth about faith. And that is the same reason why I find it important to speak truth about parenting. I mean, if we want to raise godly children, we have to lay the foundation to raise them as such before we can talk about practical tips. And most of the principles that are involved in godly parenting are countercultural and therefore not popular. Nevertheless, um, popularity of a particular view is not the measurement of truth. We need to speak truth even when no one listens. I'll, I'll have to say it again. We need to speak truth even when no one listens. We need to share truth even if no one believes. On certain occasions that I was given the chance to speak about parenting and about any subject related to it, I always underscored the importance of raising God-believing children. Personally, it is easier to talk about raising successful children than raising God-believing children. So many parents are so consumed planning how to lead their children to success, but only few are interested to raise their children to become a God-loving person. Worst, many would assume that their children will grow up knowing and loving God without any form of instruction. This is simply impossible. The Bible says that parents must train their child in the way they should go, so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. The key idea here is to train your child, move them to a particular direction that you want them to travel as they are growing up. So by application, if you want your children to love God, the formula is simple. Teach them and model to them how to do it. 
Consequently, we must be able to teach our children that there is value in believing God. That to know Him and to love Him is part are part of our life's purpose purposes. That faith in God is not useless. So for today, I'll be sharing something on this topic. I, I started by saying that many Christians can relate to this struggle, especially when one shares his or her faith to others. Most of the time, no matter how convincing our reasons can be, we cannot easily engage people to join us uh, in the same boat when it comes to faith. And as we look at their lives, we see a seeming absence of any problem. We see people living comfortably without any hint of concern about life. We see these people who do not believe in God, they prosper and they are financially secure even when they do not exhibit and manifest any interest about faith and about God. Worse, in some situations, some even practice wickedness without regard of God, without regard to eternal destiny. Yet these people continuously succeed in life. And you reflect at your situation and here you are, a follower of Christ. You cannot seem to have success in your career. You cannot get that promotion. You are in financial distress most of the time, though you work hard and you work honestly. You are always persecuted. You have a health issue. Your kids cannot go to school because you are financially strapped. You are basically suffering in life. And you say, I believe in God. I follow Him most of my life. Why is this happening to me? To me? Why is this happening to me? You start asking yourself if there is really sense in following God. You started to have questions. You started to doubt if it's really if there's any sense in believing in him in putting your faith faith in him you you ask is christianity really worth it why is it that others who do not acknowledge god and believe in him continuously prosper while you you are serving christ um you are led in that kind of miserable and suffering life and you ask, you start to ask, is faith in God really worth it? In Psalm 73, the psalmist faced the same dilemma. He looked at the lives of godless people and he sees them prospering. He says, For I was env envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. This is what he said in verse 3. He went on to narrate how those kinds of people live in health and without any trouble. They are proud and violent. They live in abundance. They oppress others and even blatantly insult God. Are we not like this psalmist at times? Don't we just envy the earthly life of godless people? They are wealthy, wealthy, they are powerful, they are influential, rich, and healthy. 
They live in convenience. They do not experience persecutions and sufferings. They blossom in their profession. They live an ideal life for many. Then you say to yourself, Will my faith in God bring me anywhere? In the Sermon on the Mount, the first subject covered by Jesus in a series of topics throughout the whole sermon um, the first topic was the Beatitudes. You know, the blessed are the series of statements. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek and so on and so forth. One of the truths conveyed by Jesus in that topic, the, the Beatitudes, was that His kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is spiritual. It's invisible at the moment. Although it will be made visible when he returns. It, his, his kingdom at the time is saying it's, it's not located in this world. And that, folks, is one of the things that Christians must always bear in mind. This world is not our home. We are merely sojourners here. We are actually strangers in this world. Our real home is in heaven. Let those whose eyes are fixed in this world gain this world. Let them be. A believer's inheritance is not here at this time. It is in heaven. What is the point of all these premises? If a Christian's inheritance and reward is an eternal disposition in heaven in the very presence of God, is that person's faith in God worth it? If the reward is everlasting, a treasure that cannot be stolen by thieves or destroyed by moths, is faith in God worth it? If the reward of a believer is is life eternal in the presence of God? Is his faith worth it? Absolutely, it's worth it. If these are the consequences of one's faith in God, it's more than worth it. I love how the Apostle Paul puts it in this way. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, he said this, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Picture your dream vacation in your mind. Put in there your dream accommodation. Think of the most luxurious place where you might be staying with a magnificent scenery. And if you can imagine it, if you can imagine that, what God in store for His followers is beyond that. It is miles away, um, miles and miles away, miles and miles apart from that, far from that. As long as you can still imagine and describe the most beautiful condition of life, God's reward is more than that. It is way, way better, my friends. No eye has seen, no, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. What God has prepared, it is beyond our wildest imagination. 
if you are his children, it is beyond what your mind can conceive. But in the meantime, of course, and until we get to see God face to face, we have to fight our way and struggle in a world where many, many people are chasing temporal satisfaction. We should not envy them, my friends, when they achieve success in this lifetime, notwithstanding their lack of belief in or love for God. A believer's inheritance is not in this lifetime. Again, we only pass in this lifetime. If you think that 70 or 80 years is a long time, well, you better think again. What I usually do at times is think of Christmas and New Year's celebration. It seems like the last celebrations were just recent and here we are past middle of the year about to approach Christmas and New Year once more. That is how, time, that is how fast time flies. 70 or 80 years is just a short period of history in this world. You see, I have three wonderful um, boys and my wife and I usually contemplate how fast they grow. It just seems like yesterday um, we carried them in our arms all the time and now they are running around the house chasing each other. Similarly, when similarly, do not think that material prosperity, I, I'll have to say it again, do not think that material prosperity is a measurement of God's love for someone. Just because one is wealthier than you does not mean that God loves and favors that person more than you. It is an equally sad truth that some professing Christians gauge God's favor in their lives by the wealth they possess. Think about this. If God knows that money is our biggest problem, what is the point of sending Christ to die for our sins? Is it necessary that one must die to solve the problem of money? As it turns out, money is not our biggest problem. Sin is. And God's love for us resides in Christ. God's love abides in us because of Christ. God's grace is experienced by someone who is in Christ. So if you are a person who places your hope in Christ, and as a result, you become a recipient of God's love, His grace, His mercy, you tell me now and answer this question. Is faith in God worth it? If because of your faith in Christ, your sins are forgiven, you escape judgment, and now you have a wonderful privilege ahead of you of spending eternity in heaven, tell me, is faith in God worth it? Knowing that our present sufferings and pain are temporary as compared to the eternal glory that awaits a child of God, go figure out if faith in God is worth it. Let me just go back to Psalm 73 as I close. Verses 16 and 17 says this, But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. The idea that godless people prosper is too 
painful for the psalmist to understand and figure out. But in verse 17, all his confusion and anxiety was resolved when he stood in the presence of God and saw how those living like that will end up. Then the succeeding verses speaks of uh, the destruction, uh, the, the, the destruction of godless people, their desolation, and the terror that awaits them in judgment. What lesson can we get from this? It is, it is neither, neither the beginning nor the middle part that will spell the difference, but the ending. I'll repeat it. It is neither the beginning nor the middle part that will spell the difference, but the ending. And you could end up like those people. You could have chosen life's comfort over eternal destiny. But your faith in God, your faith in Christ, granted you the privilege and the blessing of the best ending. I would like to end this discussion with this verse. In John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3, Jesus made this promise. He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. Listen to this. That where I am, you may be also. You see, this is a very comforting promise coming from Jesus himself. Are you troubled in your present situation? You are experiencing pain. You are suffering. You are facing persecutions. You are, um, you are experiencing trials, challenges, um, problems in many areas of your life. And this is notwithstanding your belief in God. You are in that kind of situation. Well, let me tell you this. Do not fret or be anxious. Because your faith in Christ will not be in vain. Your faith in God is more than worth it. So that's it for today's episode. Till next time. 